You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. share his love with you? Didn't God share his love for you when you were a sinner? Didn't God share all that love with you? The scripture says while we were yet sinners, God demonstrated his love for us. How? By Jesus hanging on a cross. He shares that love. Aren't we supposed to share that love one to another? You want friends who care about you and care about your walk. You need a friend in time of need. This is the kind of friend Jesus is. Jesus told us to call him friend. God has shared his love with you from the moment you were created. And just as he has shared his love with you, so should you do to others. In today's message, Pastor Dave will remind you that as believers in Christ, we're called to love others and to support other believers. Support in Christ from friends is so important. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 15, as he continues his message, Rejected by Man, Redeemed by God. You want friends like this. You want friends like this. The ones who stand by you through thick and thin. The ones who don't judge you. The ones who are with you during the good times and the bad times. You get a lot of guys and people who come around and they'll praise the Lord with you. Hallelujah, brother. Hey, great time. Slip and fall and see how many stay there. See how many stay there. Then you can really judge your true friends. I want friends who are going to encourage me, not drag me down. I don't need to point out anybody to point out my sin. Trust me, I know my sin. I know, and I need to give it to God. I need someone to lead me to Jesus Christ so I can confess my sin to him. Remember I said one time, I don't know if you remember this or not, but I used to say about my dear friend Dave Coyle, he and I talk a lot. We try to talk at least once a week, sometimes more, and he's my dear friend. I talked to him just yesterday. But when he's down or when I'm down, we try to center each other on Christ. We center each other on Christ. He'll hear something in my voice, and he'll start, now, now, get back to the Lord. Let's look at this through the Lord's eyes. And I try to do the same from him. That's what a good friend does. That's what a good brother or sister in Christ does. They don't come down and say, well, yeah, you deserve that. Look what you did, bozo. No, you center them to Christ. Come back and let's look at the Lord. Come back and look at the Lord. And you share with them God's love. Because didn't God share his love with you? Didn't God share his love for you when you were a sinner? Didn't God share all that love with you? You The scripture says while we were yet sinners, God demonstrated his love for us. How? By Jesus hanging on a cross. He shares that love. Aren't we supposed to share that love one to another? You want friends who care about you and care about your walk. You need a friend in time of need. This is the kind of friend Jesus is. Jesus told us to call him friend. A friend who would give his life for his brother. A friend who would stand in a gap for his brother or his sister. A friend who would stick to you in good times and bad times, in between times. A friend who was always there when you could pick up the phone and go, I need your help. I'm in trouble here. Help me. And the person on the other line goes, God bless your brother. Let's pray. You need friends. 
Now we're all going to fall short of that from time to time. It happens. But, you know, but we need people who truly love us. Who truly love us. David had that. I see this in these guys of David. Man, they listened to him and said, okay, David. And the other guys are going to come up too. And they move on. They move on. I'm going to read 30 through 37. Then we'll go back and pick it up, okay? So David went up by the ascent of the Mount of Olives and wept as he went up. And he had his head covered and went barefoot. And all the people who were with him covered their heads and went up, weeping as they went up. Then someone told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Now it happened when David had come to the top of the mountain where he worshipped God, there was Hushai, the archite, coming to meet him with his robe torn and dust on his head. And David said to him, If you go on with me, then you will become a burden to me. But if you return to the city and say to Absalom, I will be your servant, O king, as I was your father's servant previously, so I will also be your servant, then you may defeat the counsel of Ahithophel for me. And do you not have Zadok and Abathar the priest there with you? Therefore, it will be that wherever you hear from king's house, you shall tell Zadok and Abathar the priest. Indeed, indeed, they have there with them their two sons, Ahimaaz, Zadok's son, and Jonathan, Abathar's son, and by them shall send me everything you hear. So Hushai, David's friend, went into Jerusalem, went into the city, and Absalom came into Jerusalem. So David, they're going up to the Mount of Olives. And as they go up to the Mount of Olives, their heads are covered, they're barefoot, and they're weeping. This is a sign of mourning. They're mourning this walk. They're taking the same path that Jesus took. There's no coincidence that they're taking the same path that Jesus took, a path that I might walk on in about a month or so, and I can't wait. A path that I might try to walk on. I'll probably fall down, but I, I can't wait. It's a sign of mourning. Why? David had a lot to mourn over. He had a lot to mourn. His sin has brought death and sorrow to his family. It seemed that everybody was against him, even his most trusted people. David had risked his life for them, and now they were abandoning him and following Absalom, the one who was not chosen by God to lead the nation. Remember why they were following Absalom? Who can remember why they were following Absalom? One thing, he was good-looking. Yeah, he was good-looking. That's what it said in the Scripture. So they followed the good-looking guy. They followed him. He was a smooth talker. But it says he stole the hearts of the people. He was a trickster. He was a scam artist. He used all his great little things. David's tears were tears of concern. He was concerned for the city of Jerusalem. He was concerned for the nation. He was concerned of God's future ministry to the people of the world. Remember, one thing we haven't dwelt on a lot, which we will as we get further into the Bible, Israel was supposed to present God to the world. They were supposed to hold on to God and say, you can't have him. Israel was supposed to take God to the Gentiles. You can read that in Isaiah. You can read that in several of the prophets prophets, uh, talking. Israel was supposed to take God into the world, but they failed to do that. They failed to do that. So he was concerned about that. And guess what, folks? He was deeply concerned about his son. He was deeply concerned about his son. But David had faith in the sovereignty of God. He remembered God's covenant with him. He knew the implied promise that Israel would not be destroyed. He knew that his kingdom would last forever as God's promises. He knew God was faithful, and he knew that his throne was safe in the Lord's hands. David understood that. 
Do you understand that? Do you understand that you are safe in the Lord's hand? Do you understand that when you go through hard times, when you go through tough times, with times that cause you to weep, we need to remember God's promises through Jesus Christ. We need to glean from them and hold on to them because hard times will come. Maybe you're not in a hard time. Praise God. Maybe you're coming out of a hard time. Maybe you're going into a hard time. But God is still the same. He will be with you during those times. We are safe in His hand. Nothing can befall you that wasn't sifted through those beautiful hands of God. Nothing can happen to you. And nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Read Romans 8.30. And when Paul did this, he made the airtight case. He put everything you can think of. But yet there are some people who still turn around in a quiver that God is going to forsake them. God can't love me anymore. Oh, he's through with me. He's had it with me. Wait a minute. The scripture I read that says nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ. Nothing. And he lists all these things. All these things that he lists. No angel, principality, power, nothing that ever has been before or ever to come. Things, presence, thing, thing. High, depth, thing, both, Nothing. And when you study the Hebrew word, the Hebrew word for nothing means nothing. Not one thing can separate you from the love of Christ, the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Why? Because God's love is constant for you. God's love is constantly coming towards you. It's eternal. It's not predicated upon you. <laughs> Sorry. God's love is not predicated upon you. God's love is predicated upon one and one only. God. That's where the love comes from. God loves me, good or bad, for better or worse, sickness and health. He loves me. His love is eternal. It's grateful. Oh, how grateful I am. Oh, how grateful I am for that love. If you would take some time and really study that love that he has for you, you would be overwhelmed. You might even be brought to tears. The love that God has for you, the love that drove his son to a cross for you, man, that's love. That's a supreme love. We can't understand that love. We can't even grasp it. They had to make up a Greek word, agape. Love unconditionally. We can't comprehend the length, the breadth, the depth, the height to know the love of Christ that God has for us because he's in perfect control. See, David was rejected by man, but now he's been redeemed by God. David has been redeemed by God. God has been bringing him back. Some people say that David, God got let, David got let off easy. God let him off the hook. Why do they say that? Because they don't understand the grace of God. They don't understand the grace of God. You let him off the hook, he'll only do it again. No, no, I love what Paul says. His love constrains me. His love compels me. I love that. I love that. David's life was in danger and he fled. He had to get out of there. He took time to stop at Mount Olives. He looked back on Jerusalem. He looked back on the tabernacle and he weeped and he wept, but he worshiped God. David knew that worship was always important. Do you realize worshiping God in the midst of your deepest and darkest times is one of the best things you can do? When you're going through a struggle, when you're going through a trouble, crank that radio up, man, and sing with all your heart until the tears run down your face. Sing with all your might those praise songs. Worship a holy and just God, and I can guarantee your spirit will soar. Your countenance will soar. And guess what? Your circumstance might not change. But by golly, your outlook on your circumstance will. You will be glorious, and he will lift your head. He is the lifter of our head. David knew that worship was more important 
than any circumstance he could ever go through. Worship was a premier thing. And this exemplifies faith. This exemplifies faith. You want to see what faith is? Faith is worshiping in the midst of the darkest hour you've ever had. Faith is Job saying, though he may slay me, I know my Redeemer lives. That's faith. That exemplifies faith. In the midst of the hardest of circumstances, we studied on Sunday at the, at the manor, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, because this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Look at those three things. Rejoice always, rejoice, regardless of the situation. Regardless. You may be sitting there thinking, how am I supposed to rejoice right now when this happened to me, that happened to me? You suck it up, buttercup. You get as tough as you can, and you praise God. You praise God in the midst of your trouble. You praise God. And I'm not sitting here telling you it's a piece of cake. I'm not telling you that it's easy to bring out that praise. It's not easy to bring forth that praise out of your mouth. It's not easy to say, thank you, Lord. Praise you. I bless your name. It's not easy to get that out when you're going through a difficult time. But if you do, if you can get that out, oh my. The blessings is incredible. The blessings are incredible that will follow. And you will be blessed beyond belief. You will be exemplified. You will be lifted up. We have to fight the temptation to find a hole and crawl in it when we're going through a hard time. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to see anybody. I'm certainly not going to church. They're all hypocrites. Anyhow, I'm not going. Bunch of crazy people. I'm not going. That's the first thing we do is we cut out fellowship. We cut out going to the one thing that we need most. We cut it out. No, go, sing the songs. Who cares if you have to cry in the midst of the songs? Who cares? David was going up the Mount of Olives and they're weeping, crying. You think they were just little tears? I think they were crying crocodile tears. I think they were really crying and weeping and wailing. They've been forced out of their city. They've been forced out of their homes. They didn't know if they'd ever get back. They didn't know what was going to happen to them. They didn't know if Absalom was going to send his men out to kill them all. They had no idea. So David says, let's stop and have a worship service. Are you crazy? Yeah, have a worship service. Remember Isaiah 63, 61? In 61, in verses 1 to 3, I love this. It says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to bring liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance to our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes and oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. What beautiful words. What gorgeous words. He's speaking of the Messiah. The Messiah have come. He's speaking of our beloved Jesus Christ. He's speaking of our beloved Jesus Christ. And you know, when you get to Luke, when you get to Luke, in fact, what was it? Luke 4, Luke 4 16 to 22. Jesus is in the synagogue in Nazareth, and he gets up before them, and he reads this scroll. He reads this very scroll in Isaiah. Now, we don't know if it was open as the scroll of the day or did Jesus turn to it. We don't know. But then he sits down and he says, today, this has been fulfilled in your eyes. Paraphrasing. This has been fulfilled in your eyes. Why? Because Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. 
He came to heal those who were impoverished. He came to preach the good news, good tidings. Why? Because sin breaks your heart. So he needs to heal us. He, he, he came to proclaim liberty to captives because sin takes you bondage. He, he came to proclaim all these things because sin oppresses you if you're bound. He comes to help you mourn because sin brings grief. Sin brings pain. He makes beauty out of ashes. He makes beauty out of ashes. And the joy that we have comes in the morning when we see the glorious sunrise and we know that our Redeemer still lives and nothing has changed. When you're worshiping like that, your circumstances might not change. But you'll change in the midst of the circumstances. And you'll be able to give thanks in the midst of the circumstances because God loves you when you realize that. He realized that. We'll be trees of righteousness. We'll be restored to God. And that's exactly where David is right now. He is being restored. Remember, the book of 2 Samuel is about restoration. David is being restored. And that's God's plan for all of us. Yes, you may have fallen. Yes, you may have scraped your nose. Yes, you may have sinned. Yes, you may have done that. But God wants to restore you. He wants to bring you back as a redeemed person. He wants to bring you back into the fold and love you with an everlasting love. So David goes up there, and somebody goes up there to try to bust his bubble. Well, Ahithophel, he's with David now. Oh, yeah. Well, I pray that he gives foolish counsel to Absalom. And he walks up there, and boom, there's Hushai. Oh, Lord, you are quick, don't you? You answered my prayer. There's Hushai. Hey, buddy, how you doing? I want you to go back. I want you to go back and be my ears back there. And I want you to go back and counter all that Ahithophel is going to tell Absalom. Go back there and do that, and we'll see what comes of it. He returns there. If you go back there, you'll find Zadok, you'll find Abathar, you'll find their sons. They're keeping a watch too. And go back there and see what we can do. David's plotting and planning here. He's doing a great thing. These men were taking great list for the sake of, risk for the sake of the Lord and the kingdom. But they considered it an honor to serve their king. We've been liking David to our King, Jesus Christ. I consider it such an honor to be able to stand before you, his sheep, his people, his loved ones, and proclaim God's word to you. I can't tell you what an honor it is for me to stand here. And it gives me chills to think that God will allow me to do this. It's such an honor and a privilege Anytime you, 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 you share the gospel with, with someone, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to share God's love with somebody. Look at it that way. You're sharing God's love. You're sharing the gospel, which is the power of God to salvation. You're sharing the power of God, and you're being allowed to do that. Ah, oh, when God gives you a command, you act fast. And these men heard the command. Hushai heard the command from David. He said, okay. I'll go back. I'll go back. And when we lay down our will before God, when we give up our will, when we give up our rights, we used to sing, I surrender all. When we give up our rights, when we give up our dreams, when we give up our hopes, and Christ becomes our dreams, Christ becomes our hope, He becomes our will, that's a place of rest. That's a place of glory. That's a place of wonder. It's a place of wonder because it's like, wow, there's complete contentment when we do that. There's complete contentment when we do this, complete satisfaction. When we yield to him, we have less tension, less pressure in our lives. Our soul is at rest knowing that he is complete control because he hasn't left the throne. 
He hasn't left the throne. He's still there. And when we yield our hearts to the Lord, we see this come to play. Jesus sat down when he read these scriptures. He sat down in a place of rest. He sat down in a place of teaching. That's what we do is we rest in him. So what do you do when one of your closest friends betray you? One of your closest friends stabs you in the back. Well, you could always do what David did, worship and pray. Worship and pray. David prayed that Ahithophel would have foolish counsel. And then suddenly Hushai appears. Hello, here you are, the answer. While he was yet speaking, God heard and sent Hushai to him. And he came to console David in his present trouble. And his coat was all torn and he was all disheveled because he had been weeping and moaning. But he had a great deal of confidence and he trusted in David and his faithfulness. And he went back. And he wouldn't be taken away of. These men walked with David during this time. We're walking by faith. Every step they took, they took by faith. They were yet following David because they knew David was following the Lord. See, they weren't looking at a sinful guy up there. They weren't looking at this guy. Who's this guy think he is? We know what he did. We know his past. Who's this guy? Who's this clown think he is? Who's this clown? Well, you know, come on, we know what happened to him. No. They were looking at him as a God after man, God's own heart. A man after God's own heart. They were looking at him as a man who was following God despite the circumstances, in the midst of all the trials, knowing full well that he did deserve everything that was happening to him. He did deserve it, and he knew it. He wouldn't back down because he was still going to follow God regardless. We need to do the same thing. Let God be God. Let God be God. Let the chips fall where they may. Lord, you're either going to save me through this or I'm going to perish. But either way, it's going to be a win. Because you're in control. That's what I see David doing here. Completely surrendered to God's will and to God's sovereignty. They see David committing his total case to the hands of God and they're walking by, I want to follow this guy. I want to follow this man. I don't know where we're going. Well, man, it's going to be a great ride because I'm going to follow this guy because look at the way he loves the Lord. Look at the way he's worshiping the Lord. I want to be a guy like that. I want to be a guy that people see worshiping the Lord and they go, I want that. I want what you have. So I can say, oh, let me introduce you to my Jesus. Let me introduce you to my Savior. Let me introduce you to the one who bought and paid for me, who, who brought a price, who brought me with his blood. Let me introduce you to him. See, it's not about me. It's not about me. David, my namesake, he knew it wasn't about him. And he didn't care if it was about him. He knew it wasn't about him. He knew that the men following him needed to see God. And he wanted to be the example showing the way. And by his faith and his exemplary actions, we see this. God is restoring David to his position. And as we go on to 2 Samuel, God will restore David to the throne. God will restore him to the throne. And it's going to take a lot more. And David's going to suffer a lot more. He's still going to suffer some things. There's still some things that are going to come that are tragic in David's life. And he has to suffer through these. But God will restore him. And his relationship with God is the most important thing in his life. And it should be in ours too. It should be most important we must surrender completely to His will. Thy will be done, Lord. Thy will be done. You are 
Our time with you is running short for today's edition of A Sure Hope. Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through 2 Samuel when you join us next time. But for now, you can listen to this teaching and others from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. We encourage you to download these messages so they are available wherever you are. We know how busy life can get, but there's always time to pause, even if only for a few minutes. Those short breaks could be filled with the study of Scripture, getting to know God better through His own Word. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel Cape May meets weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Or just visit assurehoperadio.com. If you're not able to join us in person, we are streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just follow the link you'll find at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message on Assure Hope. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover God doing great things in your life. Pastor Dave will be back soon for another edition of Assure Hope.